We're living in interesting days. Who can say amen to that? And this morning, we don't really have any visitors. It's just family. So I want to talk really straight with you, if that's okay. Let's turn to Philippians 1, 3 to 6. And the title of this message is called The Days of Completion. Philippians 1, 3 to 6 says this, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for you. Now, you've got to realize that this is is him speaking to the church, to the Christians, okay? I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What's the day of Christ Jesus that they speak of there? The day of Christ Jesus is the day that Jesus Christ returns in all his glory in the clouds and the whole earth will see him and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father and he will come to make right the earth and to judge those who have not followed him and to reward and bless those who have followed him. It's going to be an incredible day, the day of Christ Jesus. But he's saying in the scripture here that he's praying for the church, just as Pastor Phil and I pray for you, because there is, there is a, a good work in you that is being carried on until the day of completion, until the day of Jesus Christ. There's something inside of you that from, I don't even reckon it's from when you first got born again. I believe it's when you were born. I believe God started to work in you for his good purpose the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb. He said he was there, he saw you conceived, he watched you being conceived, and he knew the days of your life. He'd written them down in a book. He began to work on you the minute you were being formed in your mother's womb. And to this day, he is still working in you and working in his church and working in the earth to bring about the fulfillment of his completion of all things, the fulfillment of prophecy, the fulfillment of his word, the fulfillment of his plan. And if we looked at his plan where it began here in Genesis and we look where the word of God finishes in Revelations, we're probably about here right now in time. In fact, we're probably one of the most privileged people to ever been walking on the earth. It says that the prophets of old would have done anything to see what we see, to be in this day that we're in right now. Somehow God chose you out of all the people that have ever walked on the planet that you would be alive today, right now, in this hour, in this day. Now, if he's planned that for you, then he has a plan for you in that. You're not just here so you can just, you know, goof off and hang around and and just, you know, see what happens, mate. We all know that the earth is changing and those days of goofing off and just whatever are over. Every time you turn on that television, that, that news, the world reports are saying to you, something's shifting, something's changing. And the Lord wants to bring to completion in his church and in you the fulfillment of his plan for the church but the fulfillment of his plan for you as an individual Christian, as an individual soul, as a person who is called for this day and this hour right now 
to be the fulfillment of what God wants in your life. Amen. We've seen God again pouring out his spirit. We've been speaking about this over the last few weeks. How Pastor Phil and I, a number of weeks ago, we're in our lounge room watching a DVD of an awakening outpouring in America. And we received the anointing of that right down on our lounge room floor. God just hit us and it was just so strong on us. We were just overwhelmed. We've been crying out, God, come again, come again, you know. And, and we, it did. It touched us. And we've seen that. We've seen in the last few weeks, we've seen incredible setups of God in our church. You know, first he released the awakening anointing upon us and we had, we had planned that night of, prayer and worship and we didn't even realize that God was going to release an awakening anointing that night and then he released it in the youth as well and then we're thinking okay where do we go from here God and then Andy Kabbalah rings up and says you know what I've got you guys on my heart and I know that you know you've been trying to book me in this year no one can get me I'm booked out but I just feel like I've got to come to your church I've just had a cancellation do you want me to come what do you say so we can't afford you Andy like you're too expensive you know, we're not going to give you the kind of money. He goes to big churches only now. And um, he said, no, I'm not worried about that. Whatever you take up on the offering, it's cool with me. I just want to come. I feel like God's on your house. God's doing something. So we had two services with Andy. That was amazing. I, I believe God laid in another level of awakening, which is the healing anointing. Amen. And then last week, what was that? You know, last week, Pastor Phil said to me, like last year, I want to do a day on Israel. I'm thinking, what? Um, how boring. And, you know, really? And I love the Jews and I love Israel, but I'm thinking, these people aren't going to understand that. We're in Australia and, and all that. But anyway, and I, as it's approaching and it's getting closer, this day where we book these two guest speakers in to speak about Israel, I'm thinking, oh, gee whiz, I hope you're right, Phil. Ooh, you know, I hope this. We're right in the middle of this outpouring awakening and then, you know. But, but, I'm sitting in the front row on Sunday morning just going, oh, God, you're so amazing. This is another layering in of the awakening. If we're not aware of what's happening with Israel, then we're not going to be understanding what's happening at all and we need to be partnering with Israel. And I was just so excited about that. And, of course, then this morning, me. And, um, <laughs> you know, Andy Kabbalah, Israel, me. All right, okay, you got me. Um, let's see what God says. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that, that God is calling his church. You know, my favorite scripture and always has been is arise and shine for your light has come in Isaiah 61. Arise and shine for your light has come, Isaiah 62. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, a deep darkness is over the peoples of the earth but the Lord will rise on you and his glory shall be seen in you. See, when we see darkness increasing, then we've got to know that glory is increasing at the same speed, at the same pace, maybe more so. You see, there's, there's got to come a time where God who has hidden his bride and is molding and shaping his bride, the church, in the secret place, in the secret place of intimacy, in the secret place of the womb of the church. He's been molding and shaping the bride, the church, into this glorious church. And there will come a day, it is prophesied, and Isaiah 62 speaks about that, 
where he will take the lid off, where he will bring to birth his church and he will expose the glorious church to the earth right at the time when they need it. And souls will pour into the kingdom like never before seen. So we're fastly approaching that day when God wants to lift the lid and reveal his glorious church. That's us. So we better quickly get glorious. Because I don't know if we're glorious enough yet, really, to make a difference. God needs to bring to completion that is within us as an individuals and as a body, and then as a corporate body across the earth so that he might reveal his glory. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's coming. It's amazing right now that I am beginning to see the hunger and the thirst in the earth right now in people. People are asking questions. Is anyone asking you questions? What the heck is going on? What are these earthquakes? Is this the end of the world? Do you know anything about this stuff? Are people asking you these questions? Last night, we, we, uh, I married Joel and Michelle. So beautiful. It was just the most beautiful wedding. And, um, the Lord gave me the little preach that you say in the wedding. And he said to me, what you're going to say is going to hit people. It's going to open their eyes to Jesus Christ. So it wasn't just like a normal wedding kind of, we are gathered here today. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> in the sight of God. No, I didn't do that. But I just gave this message. And, and as I was speaking this message over Michelle and Joel, I looked out in the crowd and there was this beautiful blonde girl and she was like really weeping, really weeping. I was talking about how since the beginning of time there's been a longing in us to be chosen and Joel had chosen Michelle, but Jesus Christ was waiting to choose his people. And um, she's crying. And she's actually got tissues and she's wiping her eyes. And I thought, isn't that sweet? She's crying. That's lovely. And then I, I forgot all about it. I forgot about it. I didn't really look closely at her face, who she was or anything like that. And we went, we went to the reception. And I'm thinking, God, I thought you were going to give me people to witness to here. And there was nothing happening. You know, there's a lot of unsaved people in the room, nothing happening. I was a bit discouraged. I said, oh, Phil, we better go home. I've got to do my message, 12 o'clock last night. I better do my message and better go home. And so we got up to leave. And as we're walking out the door, Michelle comes running after me, Pastor Julie, Pastor Julie, like she does. You've just got to meet my friend. And so when they went on their Kentucky tour, they went on this tour, they met people on the Kentucky tour who live in Melbourne. And these people were so impressed by Joel and Michelle that they actually come to their wedding. And so, and this young girl, Michelle had been telling her about God and talking to her about what had happened to Joel and how Joel's life had been completely turned around. By the way, Michelle at the wedding speeches got up and testified about how Joel had been born again, set free, changed his life. And even his best man who wasn't saved said, Joel's change of lifestyle has been really good for him. And so it was really amazing. So she's saying, Michelle's been telling me all this stuff and I met this, I meet this girl, she brings her over. She, and she, I didn't realize she was the girl that was crying. It just didn't gel. And then, here's this girl, here's this girl. Oh. And then this girl's going, 
oh yeah, like I've got so many questions. I just, I'm just in this place. I've just got so many questions. If you could just spare me a couple of minutes just to answer a couple of questions done, I'll give you all night. You know, and so she goes, well, I've been calling out to something, to someone, and I don't know anybody's names, but I just call out, hey, you out there, I need to change. I need my life. I'm sick of drugs. I'm sick of alcohol. I'm sick of this lifestyle. I need to change. Is anyone listening out there, whoever your name is? That's what she said. And I looked her in the eyes and said, darling, I know his name. Do you want to know his name? She said, yes, please. I said, his name's Jesus. She said, oh, Jesus, that's his name? I said, that's his name. That's the one you've been calling out to. That's his name. She goes, far out. Now I've got a name. Oh, and now can I call out to him by that? I said, yes, you can. He said, you can. I said, you can do better than that. You can actually belong to him. You can be born again. You can have your sins forgiven. You can be washed clean right now. We're standing in the doorway of this reception bumping music going on, people dancing. We're standing there and she starts to cry. She says, you mean that I can be totally made new right now because I don't want to be who I was? I said, no, you can be made new right now if you pray with me. Will you pray with me? She said, yes, please. She starts to cry. I lead her in the sinner's prayer right in the doorway of the reception. Noise going, people going past, people pushing past. She didn't care. She she was just like, I've been looking for this. My whole life I've been looking for this. And when I finished praying for her, she said, oh my gosh, something's happened, hasn't it? I feel different. I really feel different. She's like this. And I said, let me lay hands on you and pray for you. So me and Phil just laid hands on her and Michelle in the, in the, in the doorway. All the whole wedding party looking at us. We don't care. We lay hands on her. And she's crying and she's going, this is the most beautiful feeling I've ever had. Thank you so much. I can't believe this. I've got to fly back to Melbourne. And where do I go? Is there a church I can go to? And I set her up with all that stuff. But it was like that. It was like, I say, I'm telling you, it was in a matter of about three minutes that we were saying the sinner's prayer. Three minutes. And that girl was so ripe, she was just falling off the vine, you know. And I believe that we're coming into a day, we're going to see so much of that, people. And we've got to be so ready. In and out of season, we've got to be so ready to be the church. Amen. The thing I love about it is these people that are coming in are generationally unchurched people. This girl had never heard the name of Jesus. She wouldn't have a clue about God. Generationally, she'd never known or never heard. And yet when I told her his name, she said, that's the name I've been looking for. That's the name. It's so beautiful. There's such a stirring in people. Many people are wondering what's going on. There's a shaking in the earth. Do I need to use a handheld? Am I getting over this rain? Handheld? Now in Matthew 24, 6, Jesus told us and he told his disciples that these things would happen that we're seeing right now. So people say to you, do you know what's going on? I say, oh yeah, Matthew 24, 6, write it down. Have it handy right now. You're going to need that scripture in the days to come. And it says this, You will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these things are the beginning of birth pangs. And last week Daniel said to us, and I thought it was so profound, if I could have some fallback, please. 
I thought it was so profound. Daniel said to us, the beginning of birth pangs, and he said, you know, I've been there when my wife was in labor. And, you know, when you're in birth pangs, you know, it starts like, you know, every, every, every half an hour or something. I don't know. I've never had labor. And then it goes every hour and, I don't know, the other way, half an hour, 20 minutes. <laughs> I had four cesareans, people. It's all right. And I'm just learning right now how you have labor. And uh, no, I was with Jilly, and uh, that was my experience of labor. And, and honestly, Jilly started like really wide apart in her labor pains. And then as they got shorter together, they became more intense. And as you get closer to the birth, right at that time, you know, your, your pains are coming like every minute and it's intense and it's more frequent and it's more intense and it's, whoa. And right now, if you look around you, you know, we're saying this is the beginning of birth pangs. Where are we now then? If the earth is in birth pangs and right now we're seeing earthquakes right across the earth, we're seeing all these floods and things happen, tsunamis. I didn't even know what a tsunami was when I was a kid. Never heard the word in my life before until Indonesia. I'd never heard it. Huh? Tidal waves. But even then, it was like a myth. Like, what's that? Never heard of it. Never see them or anything like that. And, um, and it was just, it's just so amazing the day that we're living in. And we're seeing that these birth pains are getting closer together and more intense. Romans 8.22, it says, We know that the whole of creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. You've got to understand, you see, when man fell, so did creation. And all of creation is in this groaning, this groaning, this groaning, of wanting things to happen, wanting things to be birthed, the groaning of birth pangs, crying out for what? Crying out for the sons of God to be made manifest. The earth right now is groaning. All of creation is groaning, crying out for you and I to be made glorious, to be made manifest so that we might usher in the redemption of all living things. So that trees will stop dying and animals will stop dying and the grass will stop dying. Everything, the whole cycle of sin and death is right in the earth. Amen. Aboriginals understand that. Ethnic people understand that, that, that the earth has something to do with us. And one day I was standing on my porch and God called me down at like 5 o'clock in the morning. It was still dark. And he said, I want you to hear something. And I said, what is it, Lord? He said, I just want you to hear something. Just be still, be quiet. I want you to hear something. And I was just praying, you know, in the spirit, waiting, waiting on God. And the next minute I heard, Rrr. I said, what the heck is that? And it really scared me at first. And then I heard, Rrr. I said, God, what is that? He said, it's the ground. It's groaning. He said, listen, I want you to hear something else. What's that? It's the trees. And then all this harmony of groans and sound, animals, birds, you know, all kinds of animals groaning, earth groaning, all of creation groaning. And I heard it. It was in harmony. And the Lord said to me, groan with it for the sons of God to be made manifest upon the earth. 
grown with it. And I started to groan with creation. It was the most awesome experience. I started to groan and cry with creation, saying, God, let your sons be made manifest. Let the sons of God, let your children arise and shine. And let the glory of the Lord fill the earth. Amen. Let it happen, God. Bring it into past. Bring it into being. That was probably about four years ago. Isaiah 66, 9 says this. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Amen. Do you really think that God has the whole earth groaning? Has creation groaning? Has the intercessors groaning? Have people all across the earth praying right now for this day and this hour and he will not bring it to birth? Amen. And what is the birth? The final birth is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this planet to sort it all out. But the manifestation of the sons of God will usher in the salvation of souls. And the Father says it is his will that not any shall perish. And I hear prophecies about a billion souls coming into the kingdom of God in the year 2012. And I just go, that's not enough. If Jesus is coming back, and I'm not saying he's coming back in the next couple of years, I'm just saying we better be awake. Then a billion souls, how many people in the earth right now? Seven billion? Six and a half, seven billion people. How many of those do you think are Christians right now? About one percent. Then I say a billion souls is not enough. And I say we need to start awakening, arising and shining. One little girl last night, I will give my whole life to see her face in heaven with me. I will give everything that I am for that one little girl's face. If you could have seen her face, if you could have seen how much she wanted Jesus and all she needed to do was be told by someone who is living in a moment of light. Do you know a, dead, a dying person, a person who is dying and say they've drowned, you know, they only need some breath to live. They don't need you to be a surgeon. They don't need you to be a specialist right then. They just need you to breathe into their mouths and keep them living. Amen. And and the enemy will attack you. He'll attack your mind. He'll begin to tell you you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough to carry the glory of God. You've got to pay some more penance. You've got to beat yourself up some more. But I'm telling you this, people. All you got to do is breathe. Just breathe God in. The Holy Spirit hovered over the earth at the creation of the earth. He hovered over the earth and he breathed life to the earth. When Adam and, when Adam and Eve were formed, he breathed life into them. Ezekiel talks about a valley of dry bones, meaning Israel or the church being dry and all disconnected. And he says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the dry bones. Bring them together. Put the bones back together. Put, put flesh, prophesy that flesh and sinew come on those bones. Prophesy that they'll stand up like a mighty army. 
and then prophesy to the four winds that God will breathe on these slain. And that's his church right now. God wants to breathe on us. God wants to breathe on you. God wants to breathe on me. He's putting his church together. Amen and amen. We need to be aware of the signs of the times. Matthew 16, 2 says this, When evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. And then Luke 21, 9 says this, and I want to read a fair bit of scripture right now, but I want you to track with me. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. You know, my Bible says there'll come days when they will fall out of the sky Hailstones as big as men. Hailstones and flattened cities. You know, we have to be aware. We're going to see some stuff in the days to come. But we have to know who we are, how we're positioned, and who is our God. And it's not the day to be complacent. Amen. Luke, we'll just go to 21. 21.20, sorry. 21.20. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, this is what Pastor Phil is saying to you. Watch the news. Watch Jerusalem. Watch Israel. Because if you watch it, you'll see the positioning of the last days. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that the desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment in fulfillment and of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women, da 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 They'll fall the soil. I don't want to read all that stuff. You can read that yourself later. And then we'll go to 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. Did you hear that? There'll be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and on the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror. It actually says, the right translation, King James Version says, men's hearts will fail them from fear. People are going to have heart attacks from fear. It's going to be that frightening for people. But how many of you know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love? and of power, and of sound mind. See, we are not part of the judgment or the punishment of the earth. Just remember that. In Jesus Christ, we are in the ark. We are in Noah's ark. Amen? And, and God never pours out punishment or judgment on his own people. You realize that. And you know that there is a promise that we will be raptured off the earth. 
Some people believe it's before a lot of really bad happen, things happen. Some people believe in the middle. Some people believe at the end. Whichever way, I'm preparing for the long haul because I reckon whatever happens, I'm going to be ready. <laughs> Amen. I don't care if we go out the last load. I'm just going to be standing for Jesus Christ because if I'm still on the earth, people are still going to get into heaven. That's how I figure. That's how I figure. A lot of people say, take me home now. I don't want to see any of this, Lord. Take me home now. I say, hmm. Stay here and save them. So what if your head gets chopped off? Let it roll away and go to heaven. It's it's like, so what? We are win-win people. And we are in the ark of Jesus Christ's loving arms. We are favoured, as Andrew just said. I love that, Andrew. We are in the favour of God. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the answer. Don't get into the fear of being part of the problem. Don't start looking out your window every day and if a tsunami is going to hit your house. Do you know what I mean? Get people saved. Do the work of the ministry until the completion of all days. Amen? And then it says this... Um, Men, I'm just going back to verse 26, please, Tim. Doesn't he do a good job? Thanks, Tim. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. You see, you see earthquakes, you see famines, you see things beginning to happen, floods. And you just say, whoa. But you see, the Bible says this, my people perish through lack of knowledge. And if we understand what's going on, we're not going to get into fear because fear is going to overwhelm the earth. And we've got to stand in faith and love and hope in the midst of fear. We have to be the answer, amen. We have to be the answer. We have to be the answer. Do you hear me? We have to be the answer. You cannot help a drowning man to get in the water with him if you can't swim. We've got to swim. Amen. And so it says here, your uh, redemption is drawing near. He then told him this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful of your hearts. Listen, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. Listen, when God says be careful, he means be careful. Be careful for your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon the earth, it will come upon all those who live in the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may, may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So those of you who don't know, those of you who aren't aware, when I said the rapture, what is that? Jesus has promised us that at a certain point in time, before he reveals himself to the whole earth, He will come in secret like a thief in the night and he will snatch all those that belong to him off the earth 
and take them to a holding place while all of these things, the fulfillment of judgment, comes upon the earth. When the hailstones fall, we probably won't be here. And he will keep us with him in a safe place while judgment comes upon the earth in the hope that people will turn to him. You understand? I mean, there's so, there's so much you can do with a naughty child by saying, I will hit you. I will take that lolly off you. I will. You, if you do that one more time, there's only so many times you can say that to a naughty child. And then, you know, good old days, you had to get the wooden spoon out um, and do something about it. And I guess that's what's going to happen. Amen. There has to come a time where God's justice comes to pass on the earth. But he has a plan for us. Amen. In the day of Noah's ark, who knows that? You know, the whole earth is going to be judged. But he would not judge the righteous with the wicked. Never. He pulls the righteous out. Amen. He puts them in an ark. And he says to Noah, get all two of each animal so you can start the world again. All that your, your, your sons, they're all righteous. Have them. Everyone's outside laughing their heads off. You crazy people. It's never rained before. They've never seen rain. They've only had dew on the earth. They've never had rain. He's going to rain. He said, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Nobody listened. And so the rain started. The floods came. Everyone was destroyed except the righteous who were in the ark. Amen. Look again at Sodom and Gomorrah when he was going to bring judgment on that city. What does he do? And, I, and Abraham gets before him, if there's one righteous, if there's just one righteous, if there's just one righteous, will you save the city? If there's, you know, just one. He says, well, all right. I mean, Lot was being really naughty, actually. Lot was actually the gatekeeper of that city, and he'd let the sin in. But God went, okay, well, I'll save Lot and his wife, and they can come. And he gets them out. Then he, judgment. You see, he always gets them out. Then judgment. That's why I truly believe in the rapture and Phil and I stand strongly that we will be raptured before the judgment period of the tribulation period comes upon the earth. That God doesn't judge the righteous with the wicked. I mean, he pulls them out. So we have that hope. The Bible says we have the hope of glory. We have hope of glory. Amen. So what are we talking about? God is calling his church to arise and take place, to stand in these days in glory, to allow him to awaken us. Now, when we say there's an anointing, there's an awakening coming. Usually you only need an awakening when people are asleep. Amen. And I know in this church we're not asleep, but we get weary. How many of you have been weary over the last few years? Just trying to do stuff, just trying to get things done, just trying to get people saved, just trying to do the kingdom of God, and there just didn't seem to be that wind beneath our wings. But the wind is coming and is here, and it's about to take place, an awakening. I mean, let's just stand to our feet right now. We're just going to sing a little bit of that song, Julie. Whether you need the team, do you need the team? That's why I asked Julie to learn this song because I really believe it's a prophetic song for now, for this day, for this hour. How beautiful is Jesus? Can you imagine what it's going to be like when 
he lifts the lid on his glorious church and the nations are in turmoil. Right now, right now in Japan, are you praying that God gives them a supernatural intervention from heaven of wisdom how to stop that nuclear reactor? We should be. We shouldn't just say, oh, well. God wants us to intervene in every situation and our prayers will be heard. Amen. So Pastor Phil and I are praying, God, give them wisdom from heaven and let them know it's wisdom from heaven. Why can't a prophet arise in the nations of the earth? A prophet that God has spoken to, like in the old days of the Old Testament. And he goes to Japan and he says, God's given me the solution how to stop this nuclear reactor. Like Daniel. Why not? If we were awake, wouldn't these things be happening? Couldn't these things be happening? Amen? Couldn't we go and and to presidents and prime ministers of the earth and bring solutions to poverty, to famine? That's what God's going to do in this day and in this hour. God is going to use you, his church, his simple folk, his little lambs, he's going to use to show his glory through on the earth today. Let's just sing this song. Close your eyes and let God come. Amen. Why don't you sing it as a prayer this morning? Do you really desire it? Do you desire it? 